Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And welcome to the latest edition of the Pump Pick. I'm Jared Bailey, joined by my friend from betting the bets in the KC Sports Betting Network, Ben Heisler. It is so good to see you, my friend. How are you? I'm well, Jared. Um, I, I would be doing better if the uh, the team that I root for wasn't a complete and total colossal dumpster fire. Uh, and it also happens to be coming to the city that I work and have lived in now for almost 10 years. Um, I remember beginning of the season, I was very excited to attend uh, Bears at Chiefs. Uh, this week, eh, not so much. It's rough. I feel, I feel like that game is going to go one of two ways. The Chiefs are going to win by 90 or somehow, some way, the Bears are going to hang with them. And it's going to be something that the Chiefs you know, win by a field goal or something of that nature. There's not going to be an in-between when it comes to that. No, 100%. And I, and I think Vegas is kind of gearing up for that as well. Um, I mean, that line for that game is anywhere between 12 and a half and 13 and a half. Um, it reached, let's see, 10 for about a half second during the off season, uh, was pretty much sitting at nine and a half since the summer. And from the moment that this came out and the Tampa game ended and fields through that second consecutive pick six, uh, it has been everything towards Kansas city. And the problem is that the, the chiefs haven't gotten their offense really going either, but you can look at it in one of two ways, either a it's. Uh, maybe Eric Bieniemy uh, did a little bit more than people were giving him credit for. Now that they've transitioned into Matt Nagy as their uh, offensive coordinator, and Bears fans certainly know a thing or two about that. No, sure. Or it's just they were due for some regression. Kelsey didn't play in Week One. Uh, the defense has been better than expected. They've changed their game plan a little bit, and they've played two good teams in Detroit and Jacksonville. Um, this might be the positive regression game for Kansas City. So. Uh, I'm with you. It's either going to be they just completely take the Bears for granted and Vegas makes a ton of money because somehow the Bears backdoor cover this game or the public just is swimming like Scrooge McDuck and all their money because they took the Chiefs and, not, and uh, they covered all the points that they're likely going to end up getting by the time Sunday rolls around. Over under is 47 and a half uh, in most places that I'm seeing for that game. I, I'm not touching that. And like not going near it with a with a ten foot pole, I feel like it could go. It could be a thing where you know Kansas City wins, you know, twenty eight to to ten, or it could be I don't want to say a shootout because I don't think that's what we're gonna get. But you know, it's thirty to twenty four type game where you know the Bears show a little bit more fight than expected. Forty seven and a half. I think that is that, that's what I'm staying away from. I will tell you this though, um, that line is on the move very much towards the over because the bears defense um, has been atrocious this year. Their uh, defensive coordinator, Alan Williams just resigned Um, all sorts of weird rumors out there too. bears uh, have, or not the bears, but uh, Williams hired uh, representatives basically say that all those rumors are true Uh, or excuse me, all those rumors, (laughs) all those rumors are not true. Just want to make sure that that's (laughs) clarified, Um, but it's, it's a dumpster fire, man. And yeah. this line is, I'm seeing it at some books as already up to 51 and a half. That like, is the score ungodly. has it at half. Barstool is at 51 and a half. 
Um, so if you can still find 47, you might want to just take that and, and get some really good, you know, plus EV uh, on the board, knowing what else is available. But I, I don't really want to touch this game in general. Like I, I talked about this on, on, on Twitter a little bit. Um, if you really are so desperate to bet on like the chiefs this weekend, normally I'm never an advocate of doing a teaser when you're not passing through the key numbers of seven and three. And for anyone that's unfamiliar with a teaser, basically you take two games for a traditional teaser and it moves the line six points in a favorable direction. Um, so if you have like an, an eight point favorite, uh, that teaser moves it down from minus eight to minus two. Or, or let's say you're uh, on a team that's uh, you know a two-point dog. Um, that line moves it from plus two to plus eight. So you're going past these key numbers, and that really helps the odds work in your benefit. It doesn't really happen for the Chiefs game, but you can get it to under a touchdown because yeah. the line's currently at 12 and a half. You can do that with like Jacksonville this week, uh, move it from, from minus eight to minus two. So that's really the only way that I consider betting on that Chiefs game right now, unless you really want to get it on that plus EV. Uh, on the total right now, which is clearly on the move. For tonight's game, yeah, the San Francisco 49ers making their home opener at Levi Stadium, 2-0 against the New York Giants, who very well could be 0-2 if not for a historical franchise comeback against the lowly Arizona Cardinals. They will be without Saquon Barkley due to an ankle injury. 49ers are 10.5-point favorites for their home opener. Over-under is 43.5. I think the, the 49ers win and cover. I just don't believe in the Giants whatsoever. I know that these Thursday night games have a tendency to be a little bit odd. Uh, we saw the Vikings kind of have a backdoor cover last week uh, against the Eagles. Um, but with, with no Saquon Barkley, I don't think that offense has any sort of balance. I don't think the 49ers are horrified of Matt Breida taking carries for, for the Giants. Um, and even without, if Brandon Ayuk doesn't go, he's still a true game time decision. I haven't seen any update on his status. You still got George Kittle, still got Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. Like they still have a ton of guys, even without Brandon Ayuk in the lineup. And I think that they just kind of assert their dominance once more in their home opener and cover a 10 and a half point spread. I can see something of a 28 to 13 type game tonight. Yeah. It, usually these Thursday night games, especially when they're lopsided in favor of the home team, that's usually the direction that they tend to go in. Um, Giants basically had to go from Arizona back to the Meadowlands and now go back to the West coast. It's a lot of um, traveling, Ben Heisler. What's that? It's a lot of traveling, a lot of traveling. Yeah. You know, some teams might make the decision to just stay out West. I don't believe the giants did that, but uh, I certainly can confirm that regardless. Um, that's not a situation that you feel relatively comfortable trusting the road team and a road team that has Daniel Jones, a quarterback. Now, sure. historically over the course of his career, Jones has been far better against the spread on the road than at home um 19 and 8 over his career wow. um against the spread on the road however you look at his record straight up in night games over the course of his career one in 11 goodness good. um so i i look at this matchup in the same way like without barkley um it's a significant downgrade to to matt Breida. um the pass catcher showed up in the second half but again what's your measuring stick it's yeah. arizona's defense uh, in a tank year where if they were, if they were going to find one way to win a game, like that was the opportunity up three touchdowns in the second half. So I'm, I'm just not optimistic here for anything as it regards to the giants. Now the, the 49ers can maybe sleepwalk a little bit. Anytime you're going from a Sunday to a Thursday game, you might sleepwalk a little bit, but at some point 
the, the run game is too dominant and the Giants defense has been a shell of what was a pretty good unit from a year ago. Yeah. Um, so unless Brock Purdy finally turns into a pumpkin, um, <laughs> which hasn't been any indication that's happening, um, I'm probably with you here. I, I might try to wait to get a better number live uh, now that it's up to 10 and a half. It's just a, a bad number to take. Uh, even for a long home favorite, but um, yeah, I have zero confidence in the Giants being able to to pull it off and especially cover tonight. So I, I think you wait this out. Maybe New York keeps it close in the first half, and then I think you pound San Francisco in the second half. In terms of anytime touchdowns for this game, uh, you you had hit the nail right on the head uh, in Week One, saying David Montgomery, David Montgomery, pounding the table for David Montgomery, and that did come to fruition. I'm pounding the table for George Kittle tonight, where through two games, he's had three catches in each of them. They haven't really, really needed him to have a ginormous game just because they've faced two teams that they are head and shoulders better than. Um, if Brandon Ayuk does not go tonight, I expect a lot more of those targets to go toward Kittle. He had a touchdown on Thursday Night Football last year against the Seahawks. I expect a big night from George Kittle. And I'm going to take his over in receiving yards, too, which I believe is at 45 and a half. Um, so I'm expecting a good night from uh, from George Kittle, over 45 and a half and a touchdown. What say you? Yeah, I, I think Kittle is always going to be in play. It, he's one of those guys that, you know, if you feel like he's coming into the game healthy, um, he, he's always worth consideration because I, I think the the lines don't always tend to adjust with him. And by the time that they finally do, it's usually when he gets hurt again, then you're you're back off of it. I For any time touchdown plays, I, I usually try to find guys that um, are still getting red zone opportunities. Um, without the books really truly recognizing it. Um, you know, somebody like Darren Waller, um, he's caught both of his targets in the red zone this year, um, but he just hasn't gotten to the end zone. So there's some some possible positive regression coming too. Um, and the other reason that maybe you consider taking a, a New York anytime touchdown as opposed to San Francisco is that you know, the 49ers change it up so much. It could be Samuel. It could be McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, it, it could be one of their other slew of running backs. Ayuk is always in play. You mentioned Kittle. Um, you know who Daniel Jones is targeting. Yeah. Um, and especially with somebody like Waller in the red zone. Um, that, to me, that feels like the, the play that I feel a little bit more secure about. Um, it's plus 310 right now on DraftKings. That, that's not terrible yeah. uh, for somebody that that's seeing as many targets as Waller is. And also, if you're looking at sort of tougher spots within the, the 49ers defense, they're so good on the outside. Um, but Waller, when he's healthy and active, is, is essentially unguardable, especially in the red zone. So that's probably a play that I would consider for tonight, knowing that they're going to have to throw pretty much all game. Yeah. Um... We talked about the Browns uh, extensively in week one with their matchup with yeah. the Bengals. Um, they are three and a half point favorites against the Titans, which that number shocked me a little bit. Um, not to say that the Titans are like this, you know, world beater of a team, but it's very clear that the Browns aren't that. And they're going to be without Nick Chubb for the remainder of the year. Um, I love Tennessee, not to only cover. I think they win outright. Uh, Fandle has them at plus 152 money line. I think that they go into Cleveland and they straight up just pound it down their throats and win outright with so this is a really interesting line that I think Vegas is trying to trap us in because everything that you said, I wholeheartedly agree with. Tennessee under Mike Vrabel has been one of the best coaches over the last several years in not only cover, like there's there's a lot of Tomlin and your, your, your listeners will appreciate this. There's a lot of Tomlin with Vrabel in the sense that they cover a lot of games as an underdog. They yeah. win a lot of games as an underdog. I think Vrabel's the only head coach over the past, what, 
30 something years to actually have a better record straight up as an underdog, um, you know, than, than sort of any other time. Like he's, he wins games when he's not supposed to win games. He raises their floor substantially. 100%. Um, and the, the problem here is that Tennessee, Tennessee has been very good at stopping the run. Um, pretty bad at stopping the pass. Yeah. Um, and, and I think from the matchup perspective, Cleveland obviously losing Nick Chubb for the year is devastating, but Jerome Ford steps up. Um, you know, they, they bring in Kareem Hunt, uh, someone that's familiar with the system, but he hasn't really been good the last few years as well. Um, I, I just feel like we're walking into it with this game because the line for Tennessee at three and a half feels so good and feels so right that it feels like the, the Browns end up just putting on a show defensively. Miles Garrett gets three sacks and this ends up being like a, a 24 to, to 10 or 27 to 10 type game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a stay away for me for now. Uh, I might lean on Cleveland at minus three um, just because Watson played so bad in that game against Pittsburgh. And yeah, it's a, a relatively short turnaround. Um, but being back home where they looked so good in week one against Cincinnati, uh, Tennessee now going back on the road. I, I just feel like this is the, the, the books are trying to trap you a little bit with this game. Uh, because most of us, I think, would have either Tennessee maybe plus one, plus two. The fact that it's right. a three and a half, just begging you to take them, <laughs> makes me want to go the other way. The the Super Bowl will be taking place uh, this weekend with the Chargers and the Vikings. I don't know what the hell to expect from this game. Uh, I believe it started off as a pick The Chargers are now a point and a half favorites on FanDuel. Um, Vegas expects somewhat of a high-scoring game. Over-under is 53 and a half on, fan, uh, on FanDuel as well. If I like gun to my head, if I had to really pick a winner, like who I trust more, I trust Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins more than I trust Brandon Staley. If if the Chargers start off zero and three, man, heads got to roll, right? Yes. I mean, I, I don't know how Brandon Staley keeps his job if they start the year zero and three. I is this the the opportunity where uh, their new offensive coordinator? takes over three games in maybe, maybe. Um, it, that really hasn't been their issue. Um, remember they didn't have Austin Eckler in week two. not sure right. what his situation is going to be, whether or not he's going to play. Um, but it, if you're looking at historical trends over the course of his career, these are the games that, that Kirk Cousins usually wins and plays pretty well in uh, the total right now is 54 and a half. It's the highest uh, so far of the season. Um, I just need to figure out like what the chargers plan is. Like, are you going to be more committed to the run? Are you going to work off of play action more? And when are you going to start getting pressure on the quarterback? Like you have so many talented guys on that defense. Uh, Why isn't anything happening in these types of situations? Um, Maybe one area that I do like um, Justin Herbert, 15 is from Evan Abrams over the action network. Justin Herbert is 15, 32 and five against the spread in the second half of wow. his career. Like that's, that's atrocious. That's very 722 and two second half against the spread when leading oh at halftime. God. So maybe you, maybe you take the chargers first half um, and knowing Kirk cousins and the Vikings ability, at least last year in, in coming back in a lot of these games, knowing the amount of points that are likely to be scored. Uh, maybe you try and double dip this game a little bit. You, you take the chargers um, they, you mentioned they're a one and a half point um, favorite 
at yeah. FanDuel, most other books actually have the Chargers as a dog. Wow. So I, I think maybe you, you consider Minnesota in the second half over on FanDuel where they're the underdog and then go the other way, find uh, a, a shop around a little bit, try and get a Chargers uh, in the first half at a, at a better line as, as a dog as well. I cannot wait to watch this game simply because I fully expect, like we thought Brown Steelers was stupid on Monday night. This is going to be stupid, but with like good quarterback play. And yeah, like stupid, stupid, but fun stupid because yeah. you're actually points scored. <laughs> I'm excited to see how the Chargers inevitably mess it up with a dumb penalty, either at the end of the first half or they're you know, going to have like 14 guys on the field somehow and they're going to clothesline a kicker. It's going to be great. Yeah. I'm very and, much looking forward to it. As my as my good buddy Danny Parkins, who does afternoons in, in Chicago, said, uh, you know, there's a reason that the word fun is indysfunctional. <laughs> Very, very well put. Um, the the Patriots um, haven't really won a lot of games uh, in recent memory, but they beat up on bad quarterbacks, and they especially enjoy beating up on Zach Wilson. Uh, they are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Jets. Over-unders 37. I think New England gets their first win of the year. And, you know, going back to the last game, if you're the Vikings and you start 0-3 and, and you're the Jets and you're 1-2 and, and you get beat by a, a Patriots team that's very bland, it benefits both teams if the Vikings just embrace stinking, trade Kirk Cousins to the Jets. The Jets can still go all in with Kirk Cousins as a hired gun for the year. Uh, I think that that could be something to potentially watch for. But regardless, I am taking the Patriots and the points. Yeah, it's another one of those games that I'm looking at the line and I'm thinking to myself, with Zach Wilson matching up against Bill Belichick, yeah. Why isn't this line longer for New England? Especially from, you know, what we've seen in the history of that, you know, the Zach Wilson versus Bill Belichick matchups, at least, especially last year where he just gift wrapped like multiple interceptions each game to the Patriots. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because the Patriots did not look good um, in, in week two in their home loss against um, Miami. They're 0-2 so far at home this year. That typically doesn't happen uh, with, with Bill running the ship. Um, and the Jets still do have a prime time win against a very good Buffalo team in which Josh Allen turned the ball over numerous times. And, you know, maybe, maybe the, the betting market is sort of going off the idea of, well, yeah, Zach Wilson might suck, but I mean, are we really <laughs> buying into to Mac Jones uh, being that much better? Like right. push comes to shove. We still trust the Jets defense to deliver um, and they can always make a play, especially at home. We've seen that their ability uh, to get things done. And and Brees Hall basically came out and said, we lost the game because they didn't get the ball enough to me. So now you have a squeaky wheel opportunity for Brees Hall uh, against the Patriots defense. Um, that is good, but not near the level that we've seen over the previous, you know, many, many seasons. There's just not dominant. Um, so I, I can't help but wonder if that's maybe part of the consideration here and why it hasn't gone to three. Um, you know, I I think if the Jets are able to hang on and just, you know, not make dumb mistakes, which again, Zach Wilson's quarterback, it's hard to, to trust that evaluation. But yeah, I, I think the Patriots are staring 0-3 right down the corner. Uh, yeah, and the Jets need to win this game too, because they have Kansas City at home coming up the following week. Um, so they might be looking at it and, and saying to themselves, if we still want to put ourselves in a position to contend for the postseason, we, we got to get this one at home against New England. Um, I think I'm going to lean Jets. Honestly, I, I oh. hope this line gets to three. If this line gets to three, then I will absolutely take the Jets. And it goes against every fiber of my being 
to trust Zach Wilson against the Belichick defense. Um, but I, I think the scheme in New York is, is better set up for him where um, they can still run the ball and use Wilson and, and move him around in the pocket a little bit and cut the field in half. And I think he's less susceptible to making some of these mistakes. So I, I'll probably include the Jets maybe in like a, a money line round, round robin for some of these other underdogs this week. But I, I'm just not as confident as I should be in the Patriots. And I think the, the line is maybe indicative of that. Ben Heiser, before we get you out of here, what is your favorite bet of the week? Favorite bet of the week uh, is <laughs> not there, there's not a lot that I love this week. Mm-hmm. Um, one area that I am going towards, uh, again, it's another one that I'm kind of holding my nose a little bit. I've been impressed with Tampa Bay. Yeah. And they're at home against an Eagles team that, yes, um, is off to a, a decent start, but I mean, have a look at themselves. Defense, they're, they're not themselves, and their defense is very young and making a lot of mistakes. Uh, and they're banged up, too. Um, Baker's looking competent. He hasn't turned the ball over. Uh, Evans is playing for a contract. Godwin is still uh, putting himself in a nice position. They finally got White going in the backfield. Um, and you don't really run on, on Philadelphia that much anyway. But I... I'd like the line at five and a half. I, I'd like it even more if it got to six, but I've, mm-hmm. I've already taken Tampa Bay um, at plus five and a half here at home. And the lines for most of the, the, the books has moved down to four and a half. I, I still think that's a reasonable place to be for, for Tampa. I, I don't know if they necessarily win this game outright, um, but they're, they look competent. Um, and there's a belief in Mayfield right now that I just didn't expect this early on. I, I bet Baker Mayfield beginning the season 40 to one to lead the NFL in interceptions. And uh, right now that doesn't look like that's going to be happening. Uh, but again, it's very early. It's still plenty of time for, for him to, to go ahead and, and, and help me out here. But I do think the line is, is still focused too much on Philadelphia from last year, as opposed to what we've actually seen from them this year. Uh, and I do expect Tampa, if they don't come out and win outright uh, to keep it close. And, and maybe that's a surprise team that, no one's really discussing uh, to win the win the NFC South because I haven't been impressed with New Orleans and they should be running away with it. Falcons are are two and zero, but they could be very easily zero and two. Yeah. Um. You know, maybe you look at Tampa Bay right now and say there might be some value there as a futures pick to to win the NFC South, and you know that line's going to move aggressively. Oh yeah. If they beat the the Eagles on Monday Night Football, so maybe maybe you jump the gun a little bit and, and put a little bit of pizza money on them to, to win that division, knowing that if they do win, uh, the line's going to just be ridiculous by the time yeah. Week Four rolls around. Always a pleasure talking to you, Benny Eisler. Uh, what do you got coming this week uh, on KC Sports Network? We have a really fun show that uh, is going to be coming out on Friday. Maybe a, l- a little bit specific to to our location, um, but for anybody that's enjoyed um, it, both of the guys that are coming on this week, we all used to host a show together in Kansas City um, for several years called The Drive. So Danny Parkins, who now does Afternoon Drives uh, at 670 The Score in Chicago, and Carrington Harrison, uh, who still does Afternoon Drive in Kansas City, um, we're all going to come together talk a little bears and chiefs as well as go over some of the other key games on the NFL slate. So a drive reunion taking place this week, but both those guys have done national work for, for CBS radio, mad dog sports radio. Uh, so you can basically hear them all over the place. Uh, some big Titans in the, uh, in the sports talk radio industry. And, uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun, tell some stories from, uh, our heyday back in our twenties when we were, uh, running the show in, in Kansas city. So I encourage anybody, uh, who just enjoys some, some good, 
fun sports betting talk and uh, probably some embarrassing stories about your boy. Uh, we'll, we'll get that all out of the show a little bit later on. So please do subscribe uh, over at Kansas City Sports Network. Ben Eisler, I appreciate you, my friend. We'll do this again. Always fun, Jared. I appreciate you, man. All right, buddy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.